Hi, this is Jackie Chavez, your host. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of The High School Counselor. Happy New Year and welcome back to The High School Counselor. This is episode 15. Can you believe it? This past week, I had an opportunity to sit and speak with a Ms. Nicole Daniels. She is a family therapist, and she gave some very good information about adolescent mental health issues and offered suggestions that parents could use to hopefully help their students. So take a listen. What am I going to do? So today I have with me, Ms. Nicole Daniels. Nicole Daniels and I were uh, office mates some years ago when I was in private practice for a little bit. And so we decided that a good topic to discuss would be uh, mental health, in particular with our adolescent clients. So she is a family therapist and she is going to give us some insights on how best to help our students either at school or at home. So welcome, Ms. Daniels. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for um, that round of applause. <laughs> I know, right? Hopefully. Um, so, um, I'd like to, I appreciate you, um, you know, having me on your podcast, The High School Counselor. Uh, I think that's a, na- a, a great name uh, for your podcast. I, thought, I think it's very catchy and it fits, right? Um but I appreciate you having me on. This is great. So tell us a little bit about what it is you do. Tell us about your uh, practice and, um, you know, some of the things you do in it. Okay. Well, I, as you said, I'm a marriage and family therapist. Um, and I work with definitely families, couples, uh, work with individuals. And I definitely work with youth as well. Um, lately, I have worked with a lot of veterans and their families. Wow. Um, but I, you know, I definitely love working with youth. A big part of my career has been working with youth. Um, and so I'm really happy to have this discussion because um, I think it's so kind of like relevant to the time that we're living in. Exactly. Yes, all the things that have been happening in schools, um, you know, the the different lifestyles that young people have to endure. So I think this is a great topic. This is perfect. You're right. Um, Because uh, like I said, we sometimes, uh, I think we're just living in, I don't know whether things are more difficult now. I think people just are having a more difficult time uh, coping in a lot of areas. And I see it even in my adolescence at school. So I thought this would be a great... um, way to kind of help our parents help our students because that's where I am I find myself in schools parents reaching out for help for their students so um, I shared the questions with you I'm just going to kind of run through them and we can kind of flow however it works best for you but let's start with um, I asked what are some of the most frequent mental health concerns you see in adolescent clients Definitely, definitely anxiety is like a huge, huge thing. Um, anxiety. I see a lot of depression, actually. Uh, and those are, those are kind of like the two main things. Something that's kind of, um, well, the, the, 
there seems to be an increase in sexual identity issues as well. And that's, I think that's kind of leading us into one of your other questions, but um, the sexual identity seems to be more of an issue now for you too. That's amazing because that's exactly the types of things we see in the schools. And you're right. Anxiety is probably number one on the list if I had to pick one. And then you're right. Depression follows right behind it. And then, of course, those sexual identity um, concerns. So that's amazing that we, you know, what you see, in, what you're seeing in your office, we're also seeing in the schools because it carries over. You know, it's not just an isolated thing. So definitely. Um, do you think there are some... I, one of my questions was, do you think that there are some probable causes? Like, why are our students having so much anxiety nowadays? Um, what's, what's kind of leading to it? Is it the way the world's running? Is it something in our diet? Like, what do you, what do you think maybe just, you know, and we're just kind of, um, you know, giving suggestions here, but what do you think right. maybe some of the causes? Well, one of the things that I see as well is that um, with the structure of the family mm. now, Mm. There is not the, the the idea of parenting um seems to be slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um no one's home, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, anymore. <laughs> Everyone's out working or the children are um you know coming everybody's kind of coming home late mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of um not pa- parenting in the form of discussions and um, giving coping tools and strategies to work through problems. And um, so I feel often that a lot of youth feel that they are alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I, a lot of them, and then some of them do talk to their parents, but still not really getting kind of the meat of what they need to um, really work through things in it. And, it makes them anxious. Like a lot of them have a hard time accepting. They have a, a hard time, uh, not that adults don't have a hard time accepting, but um, they they just don't know what to do and it makes them worry and high worrying. I mean, you know, that's synonymous with anxiety. Exactly. I I definitely agree with it. You know, parenting has taken on different forms over the years, over the decades. Um, And so you're right. I think a lot of our families in particular, we're just all in isolation. Mm -hmm. Have an adolescent who's in a time of tremendous transition um, from childhood into adulthood where they have all these questions, they have all these concerns, and they don't have anybody to talk to them about them. It has to produce a lot of anxiety. So I would definitely agree. And I, I, I know a lot of my parents, uh, you know, work, you know, because we have to. Things cost yeah. a lot nowadays. So parents have to work and we get that. Um, but what that does leave is that some of our teens in particular are left alone for extended periods of time. By the time we're getting home, it's late. We're tired. We just need to get eat and get into bed. And there's very little time left for just family time together, just unhindered by a schedule, a clock, or something to do, but you're right. So I would definitely agree with that. Definitely. Yep. Um, Let's see. 
I'm a school counselor, so I'm seeing a lot of this in the schools um, because it eventually will begin to affect academics. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm seeing it in, in the school system. So um, what, what can we do maybe as school counselors to help them? And that may be something that we can't even answer in this, in this interview, but are there tips maybe for school counselors when we come across students with anxiety? What should we be advising them? How should we help parents help them? Do you have any advice for us in the school system? Sure. Um, one of the things, I mean, I guess, and I guess it just really kind of depends on the flexibility that you have, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a counselor in your school. But um, some guidance counselors, some school psychologists, like they're all working together to do groups. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's just like a twenty-minute, here's some strategies. Um, so that's something that I think could really be helpful. But if you don't have the, uh, you know, if you're if your school or your um, time and space want to allow for that, allow for that, then obviously you should make a great referral. You know, mm-hmm. you say, "Hey, look, I see this issue, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give your parents some resources, mm-hmm. or I'm going to give you some resources." Um, you know, if there are any youth services bureaus in your area, um, you know, if there are any um, agencies that cater to youth in your area, mm-hmm. YMCA's usually sometimes have groups, anything of that nature. That's a great resource for parents and for children. Um, And then thirdly, I would say as a counselor, just make sure that the youth have strategies for working through things Uh in school. One of the things that I spent a lot of time talking to, you know, even my own children about is how to navigate when you have a difficult teacher Hmm. or you know if you're not getting along with the coach or whatever mm-hmm. how can you navigate that situation because you know as they get older they have to learn mm-hmm. how to communicate and advocate for themselves okay so i think that that's kind of really important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that seems to be what they're lacking they just the inability to kind of think rationally and i guess you know anytime anybody's in a a time of either crisis or at least just adversity maybe not necessarily a crisis but the ability to think rationally to think clearly to think about options and i know that's what i'm always you know kind of working with my students on on um okay so we have this situation what are we going to do and just helping to work through that so that is definitely good advice that's definitely good advice mm-hmm. um adolescence is a time of tremendous growth and change they're growing and developing almost at lightning speed the four mm-hmm. years that i have them between the ages of 14 and 18 physically emotionally psychologically there's just so much change that are going on so sometimes it's really hard for parents to determine is this something normal for my teenager to be going through or is this a more serious health issue? How can parents start to identify what's kind of normal adolescent behavior? Because we know there's some things that are just germane to adolescents yeah. um, versus something that may be a little more serious that may need um, some additional assistance. How do we? How do we tell? How do we tell? Well, I think definitely if we're talking about depression, when your child has no interest at all. Um, and anything that's pleasurable, you know, they don't want to spend time with the family. They isolate themselves. 
not hanging out with their friends. They're not getting phone calls there. Uh, or they're on their phone, but they're not, you know, they're like, they, they may be texting, but um, it doesn't, you don't see like any type of happy expressions uh, with them on the phone. Um, you know, I, I think that that's, that's one of the more obvious things, but it's hard if you're not home to see it because it's very easy for them to then hide, you know? So, um, I think the parents have to be very assertive in being in their children's lives. And I mean, you know, even if you come home late, Right. then you should go into the room, you know, ask how was school today? And I don't mean like, okay, how was school? And they say, fine. No, I mean, <laughs> what happened with that science test that you told me you were studying for? You know, are you getting along with your teachers? Um, do you need a two, like really get in there, ask those questions. What happened to, you know, you hanging out with your friends last weekend? What happened with that? Or you have to really get in there, ask those questions, um, you know, be a part of their lives so that you can see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really not true that children don't want to have anything to do with their parents. Like, that's just... That's so true. That's, yes, that's not true. Um, <laughs> right, it's true that it's not true. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, when you have a child who wants nothing to do with you or their siblings or any something's wrong that's a flag mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um if you notice that their grades definitely you know plummet mm-hmm. that's definitely a, a big issue um sometimes sports is just a little um you know i think we have this little gray there because sometimes parents want kids to play sports mm-hmm. and the kids don't actually want to play anymore they've lost interest mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's not always a true telltale, but, um, just kind of some of the things that I've said, you know, those are, those are kind of big ones, like the isolation, the not talking, not socializing. Um, you should be running for help at that point, if not even before. Right. Okay. I always, you know, I think about teens and most of their normal teenage behaviors don't last long. You know, I'm upset today because something happened, but by tomorrow, you know, I'm back with my friends, but you're right. If something is extending weeks and months and you don't see a change, um, you're right. Those are things that definitely are telltale signs that we may need a little more help. And just because students, you know, uh, utilize a counselor, I think the stigma around getting counseling in certain communities is that, you know, I must be just completely crazy. Uh, You know, there's no hope for me. No, most, you know, counseling is, is kind of temporary until we work through a certain issue, um, unless something long-term is warranted. But I think if we could maybe get rid of some of the bad stigma around counseling, more of our families would reach out. Um, <clears throat> I, I agree with you, I think. But that's why I was suggesting, you know, like the youth services mm-hmm. bureaus or the YMCAs or any type of mentoring something that's safe where there are other youth because then it won't be such a, um, you know, strange thing if you are with the group and processing issues or talking about things. But, um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm seeing though 
from a lot of the youth that I'm seeing, I mean, that I'm um, talking to is that they know mm. they're looking out. And I think the stigma is more so with older people than it is with younger people. I've yeah. heard some of them tell their friends, hey, I have a therapist. And, wow. you know, so I think some of the youth are actually more advanced mm-hmm. in terms of getting help than right. their parents. And, and maybe that's a culture change. You know, maybe it's more open now. You know, people are talking about it more. So you're right. Younger people aren't as afraid to enter into a counseling relationship as maybe parents were. Yeah. So, Absolutely right. So that kind of leads into my next question was, okay, for parents who've never utilized any kind of mental health services, what should they expect to happen when they take their, you know, uh, adolescent or teenager to a visit with a therapist? What should they expect to happen? Well, depending on um, the age of the youth, that's kind of the, the, um, the thing that will that will lead in terms of what's going to happen or how the process is going to go because if you have a youth that's 16 or older in the state of Maryland that youth can come to therapy on their own they don't need permission from their parents um so if you're a parent and you're bringing your 16 year old to a therapist to be seen I think trying to respect the space of the child and the therapist uh, and the confidentiality that goes along with that can be really important to use, you know, to know that their parents want what's best for them uh, and they'll give them the room to have the confidences with the therapist without them, um, you know, intruding and trying to find out what they're talking about. Uh, Because sometimes talking to the therapist actually helps the youth talk to their parents. Uh-huh. You know, so that's a that's a positive thing. Um so but you know, just coming in generally as a parent you can call, make that appointment. Um, you know, and if your youth is a certain age, um, they can help you fill out paperwork as well. Mm-hmm. Um and then you just kind of set up appointments, find out what's best for you and your child in terms of the, the time. Try to set up something regularly. Um, now, when I work with youth, I ask them, hey, look, if if this happens or this happens, I would like for you to give me permission to talk to your parent about certain things. Um, youth appreciate it when you give them some space to make choices, and parents should try to give that. Give your youth you know, the chance to make some choices about the therapist that they're seeing maybe or um, how often they're going to sessions, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, so, but those things are kind of decided during the intake and the beginning um, process. So it's okay for you to talk to the therapist about the generalities of therapy, Mm -hmm. but um, the parents should not expect to get all of the, uh, you know, every conversation. They shouldn't expect to get verbatim uh, because it's, it's a HIPAA regulation that uh, unless the child is a certain age, they definitely have all the rights of privacy for their sessions. Wow. That's good to know. And I think that's something that uh, parents need to be kind of aware of. You know, I knew it kind of going in, but it was like, I think a lot of parents 
have to remember that <laughs> as they're going into um, the counseling session that, you know, it really is between the therapist and that young person. Like you said, with just some overall general summary, you know, summaries here and there, but nothing too particular because the counseling uh, relationship has to be a safe place, has yeah. to be a safe place where they feel like they can share openly with someone who will heal them, hear them and not immediately report back to parents. So exactly. That's exactly right. That's good, good, good. Okay. Well, I think that was the bulk of my questions. Are there any other things that you would like to share with us in the school systems about adolescents, about parents, um, anything that um, might help, you know, the, the next family listening in with how to help their teen get through ninth through 12th grade? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I think from what I've seen, if parents would listen to their children when their children are, um, and you know, like sometimes children and adults actually don't always just come straight out and say, hey, look, I need help. Mm -hmm. But there are quite a lot of them who do. There are quite a few youth out there who will say to their parents, Hey, I want to talk to someone. Mm -hmm. Um, and if they're saying that you should listen, mm -hmm. um, and, and maybe they should start with their school counselor again, because that school counselor is a resource. Mm -hmm. Um, so they should start with them to see what type of support and help mm -hmm. they may be able to get. Um, I think that parents, Need really have to work through their own emotions so mm -hmm. that they can be um, grounded for their that adolescence. Is, that is excellent. Yes, and and they need to have more of the deep conversations. Um, you know, because one great example a parent can have for a child is, you know, hey, look, something happened to me at work today, and this is how I handled it. You know, so if you have a tough situation like that at school, I can help you run through it or I can give you some strategies because you have to learn to deal with these things, you know, on your own. So those types of discussions are helpful too. That is great. Um, you have your own practice. It's called Family First? Yes, it's Family First Psychotherapy Services, LLC. Awesome. Anything exciting happening in your practice currently? Um, actually, we're trying to expand. Awesome. Um, I'm looking at having some um, therapists who are trying to get licensed. I'm looking at recruiting more uh, licensed graduate counselors okay. uh, to kind of work with me. So that's one thing that um, I'm really kind of excited about, and I would love to do more of these great podcasts. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yes, <sir>. awesome. <laughs> I think social media has taken mm -hmm. such a turn. Uh, I'd like for my practice to really, um, and that's one of the things that we're looking at doing. So that's exciting to me yes. is kind of getting out in in social media, whether it's through podcasts or um, you know, webinars or online interviews, 
uh, Instagram. So we're really trying to get out there in terms of the social media. That is exciting indeed. Well, Miss Daniels, thank you so much for joining me on the High School Counselor. Um, we will touch bases soon. And as always, uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can always email me at the high school counselor for you at gmail.com. If you are in the Maryland area and are looking for Miss um, Daniels, you can always look her up. Miss Daniels, can you give us your website? Sure, it's www.familyfirstpsych.com. And family, the word family, the word first, and psych is P-S-Y-C-H.com. You can also email me at um, info at familyfirstpsych.com as well. Uh, then obviously our telephone number, we do have a phone. Our number is 301-710-2403. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks for joining me for another episode of The High School Counselor. For questions and feedback, please email me at thehighschoolcounselor4u at gmail.com. That's the high school counselor, the number four, and the letter u at gmail.com. Or simply message me during the podcast at anchor.fm. This podcast is available on several platforms, including anchor.fm, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>